This is the Kaizen Way, the show dedicated entirely to continuous improvement. Join us every Thursday for new episodes on popular platforms like Spotify, YouTube, Apple, and Google Podcasts. This show is proudly sponsored by Monarch Kaizen LLC, your one-stop shop for robust training solutions for soft and even most specialized of skills. Find them on the web at modernkaizen.com and all major social media platforms. We thank you for joining us. Now, without further ado, here's your host, Mike Monroe. What's up and good morning, everybody. Once again, it's Mike Monroe here with the Kaizen Way. We've got a great show planned for you today. I'm really excited. This person, this guest, this legend that we have is someone (laughs) that when we first started the show was so high on my list of someone I wanted to have on here. So I'm really excited that today is the day that we get to hear from Javier. So Javier, good morning to you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Give me your name, your role, and then something unique about you so everyone else can feel as excited about your presence as I do. Oh, good morning. Well, I hate to disappoint now that with that intro, but uh, first and foremost, let me uh, start off by hey, giving you the kudos. Uh, I know you guys are early in your uh, implementation at the Kaizen Way, and it's, you know, yeah, I want to uh, commend you guys. Good. I listen to the other podcasts and hey it's well put together good host and if uh and good editing so uh you know i'll, I'll let the man know to you know mike deserves a raise here Woo! so <laughs> <laughs> so i'll do i'll do my best i'll do my best not to disappoint well you're already doing amazing and uh um, like i said i'm super excited to, to have you on here um so so tell me about your role currently um and then give me something unique about you what uh what's something on the personal level that uh you think kind of defines defines who you are okay so you know i'm the general manager for a small business veteran service disabled owned company in the aerospace industry uh, specifically and composites, even more so specifically, honeycomb fabrication for aluminum and non-aluminum and foam core fabrication. And uh, we're, as mentioned, small business, less than 50 employees, and uh, we've been in business for 30 years. And something unique about me, well, I'm passionate about sports. I listened to another podcast of yours, and you guys talk about LeBron James. And I uh, coincidentally met LeBron James before he played his first professional game in Hawaii when they were doing the uh, what's, what's considered the summer league. Uh, he was about 18 then. And so I'm passionate about basketball, football, boxing, um, any martial arts, uh, like to run, like to exercise outside, swim, uh, anything outdoors. I, I, I like, you know, I dab a little bit in chess. Uh, I like math and lean obviously you know passionate about lean which is you know how we uh how we're meeting today so i look forward to you know this podcast oh i love it i love it actually when i was i was first talking to you about the um the kaizen way and in, in bringing you on the show um you had kind of touched on how when you first learned about lean and um some of the methodologies that it was just like a light went off right and you know, mm. you had mentioned before the show, you know, that you have kind of this addictive continuous improvement personality, right? And you learned sure. about lean and just decided, I'm going all the way in, I'm going way down that rabbit hole. And, you know, here you are a general manager of, uh, of um, you know, a major manufacturer, small business, uh, just some really cool things that you guys create. So, so talk to me a little bit about your journey um, and what that deciding moment was where this is the answer, you know, this is the way. 
Sure. So uh, it was mainly survival at first. So uh, what I mean by that is, uh, as you know, I was in the Marine Corps. Uh, you know, I served till about 2009. I did some overseas contracting in Afghanistan for a few years after that. And my first introduction to the civilian life, you know, it was in manufacturing and operations and they were undergoing a lean implementation as well. So I started looking at some KPI boards. They started doing, you know, the basic success stuff. And I said, okay, what, what is this all about? I don't know anything about this. Um, I don't want to essentially, you know, this is civilian world This is different from the military. So it's, you know, you gotta, you gotta make it or, you know, and, or else you're going to be on the unemployment line. So. I essentially, what I decided to do at that time is I kind of put my undergrad um, on pause and went to um, get my green belt certification. So I did that while I was working there and it was, you know, it was the right move to do at the time because I was able to learn on the fly there in operations in a manufacturing facility, but also get it from the academic standpoint. And, the, you know, and the professor was a master black belt. Um, Overall, it was about a year course because you had to take uh, a few other courses like uh, introduction to continuous improvement, similar to what you guys are doing. Mm -hmm. um, and then you then we essentially got introduced to green belt and then black belt as well. So it was it mainly started off with survival. And then, as you mentioned a little bit, once I go in on a subject that that's uh, interesting to me, I, w I went in. So I probably that first year, if I had to guess. I read about 20 to 30 books just nice. in, <laughs> in lean continuous improvement, uh, leadership. Uh, you mentioned a few, you referenced a few on your pod, previous podcast, like this Toyota Way. That was one of the first uh, books that I've read. Uh, I read The Machine That Changed the World, um, just all sorts of different books. You know, the, the Lean Pocket Book, the Six Sigma Pocket Book. Uh, I, I would recommend that those two uh, books uh, to anybody who's, you know, uh, getting involved with lean, just because A, you can, put them in your pocket, literally, and it's called the pocketbook, but also they have a lot of good information. Beautiful. And, and sir, <laughs> sure. And so it's, it's been about a, it's been about a decade. It's been about a decade journey. And just when you think you know everything, you don't. So, I mean, it's, 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 you know, like you, your show, the Kaizen way, it's, it's constantly, you know, adjusting, changing. And the more and more I, I basically studied and learned it, I realized, well, the basic definition that you'll, see in most books, they'll say, you know, to, uh, to identify, remove waste, to improve productivity, right? So that's usually what you'll, what you'll find in, in some of these, uh, you know, these books, or if you Google it right now, um, and you can't, but then I, you know, the more I studied it, I, I realized it was, it was more about people, culture, mindset, you know, and, and, and essentially, you know, working, you know, bottom, you know, uh, bottom, bottom, bottom up. So, yeah, it's been, it's been about a little bit over a decade. Beautiful, beautiful. And that, that mindset is, is something, you know, I know, especially Modern Kaizen's really decided to, to invest in, right, is that you have all these statistics and there's these metrics, and ultimately a lot of that drives, you know, the decisions that we make. But that buy-in and that mindset is really at the core of a lot of it because, you know, ultimately it's the human element. I, I can't remember sure. what... Right. I can't remember what um, um, company it was, but they had this whole marketing campaign about the human element at one point. And it was one of those things that really struck really struck me. And it's something that I've always anytime I'm looking at something complex or something mechanical, 
in, you know, trying to figure out, you know, where the variations are. It's, it's always, you know, the H, the human element, right? Um, so sure. And, and yeah, ahead. I'm going to steal, I'm, I'm going to steal a line from uh, one of my former professors. He said, no one likes change besides a wet baby, right? So, and, and in reality, it starts with like mindset. We, so right, you know, before the show kicked off, we talked about gym routines. As I mentioned, uh, usually, you know, I've been a, an avid, you know, member of a gym for probably about 20 years now. Um, and usually the gyms get crowded uh, right around, you know, January. And and by this time, I mean, by this point, uh, I would say 80% of them are gone, you know. So, and it, it, it starts with mindset, you know, it starts with tricking your mind saying, okay, well, how can I trick my mind to make sure that I go? So you leave your, you know, a little bit, you know, that, that I, I take from David Goggins, which I, you know, I did myself before I even found out who he was. I always put my shoes out to remind myself, okay, I got to put those on. I would put my gym, my, uh, my, my clothes, my gym clothes, like close by to remind myself, I got to put it on. It's a mindset to improve. Um, and you still lean can relate. Uh, you mentioned, you know, of course it's, it's, we, we think of lean manufacturing, but of course you guys are, are doing a really great job in healthcare and, and in other industries, but also it pertains to your life too, as well. So, so you can, you can put a standard work. Like if you walk into my place, there's whiteboards and, and standardized work everywhere. Say, Hey, I run today, lift today, um, chest today, you know, uh, you know, play with, you know, uh, date night, you know, on Friday or Saturday, um, just to make sure that we stay on top of what I consider a routine. That's a beautiful thing. I, uh, um, <laughs> cause Sean always warns too. He's like, um, you know, these principles are great, but he's, he's like, don't take these, these principles home to your, your spouse. Cause he always tells the <laughs> story about how, uh, um, uh, he, the, the husband ends up making his own breakfast because, uh, uh, he's like, you know, I can make the breakfast in 15 minutes if we follow these steps. And the wife was like, you know what? Go ahead and do that. <laughs> that, that sounds that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true, and I, I think it's important that we standardize and you know just to kind of harmonize with um, um, with your your gym uh, analogy. There is that you know, with all the years that I was in the Chamber of Commerce, I saw the same thing in the Chamber too. You know, January was always one of the biggest months. Because all of these business owners were like, this year, I'm going to get involved with the community. You know, I'm going to be the philanthropist that I see when I close my eyes. You know, I'm going to make those steps. And sure enough, by, you know, mid-February, early March, you know, it was back to the same core group uh, that were committed and in, in really invested in the community, right? But one of the things that um, I've heard continuously on this show when it comes to buy-in, and I think it's really important that we draw the parallel here, is that it's keeping keeping that in that initiative in front of you right and continuously reminding yourself to to keep that mindset right so like putting your shoes out or putting your gym bag out in the morning that way it's in front of you and it's, sure. it's motivating you to kind of stay on that pathway right and i've noticed in 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 the professional sense too the organizations that really market the buy in and really market the commitment to these principles tend to really uh, improve faster because it's something that's continuously in, in front of their people, which um, sure, is sure. a beautiful thing. So, yeah. And, and I want to make sure I put it out there. It's, it's not easy. It's, it's very difficult, you know, whether it's, you know, like we mentioned the gym routine or any, any new implementation. Um, uh, like I mentioned, you know, we have, 
an informal like success program at home. We have a standardized work. My son, I mean, I, you know, whenever I hear stories here at work or like, oh, you know, my, 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 my child has difficulty getting ready in the morning. I said, well, build a routine for him, you know, you know, make sure that, you know, he knows or she knows what time they got to wake up. You know, what's the first step? Uh, brush your teeth. Then you make your bed. Then you take a shower, leave the, you know, and just, I mean, within a couple of months at the time, my son was probably five. He's eight now. He's been doing it in the same routine for three years. And I don't have to put a, a stand of work in front of him anymore. He already, it's already ingrained. And, but it's difficult. It's difficult here at the workplace as well. Definitely. And it's, it, it also takes time, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things that, um, uh, I have seen some folks that are maybe new to the initiatives that, you know, they, they think it's going to be a light switch, but I mean, especially when it's changing a culture or changing, you know, something that is deep rooted in a habit. I heard someone say one time that, um, changing culture was like steering a cruise ship with an oar. Uh, it takes a <laughs> lot of, a lot of sure. time and effort, right? But you can, you can eventually turn that cruise ship around. And that's one of those metaphors. I, I think that's always kind of resonated with me. So, um, so we, we've, we've kind of talked a little bit more, uh, about the way that we sustain, um, and increase that buy-in, you know, and it's that commitment to that culture. Um, but have you seen anything, you know, with your, your time in the, in the continuous improvement space, that's, that's kind of like your secret sauce, like something that you see consistently that really helps kind of initiate and perpetuate that buy-in for whatever lean initiative that you're, um, that you're trying to implement. Sure. So I think, uh, I'll speak for most humans. We're very visual, right? So we got to be able to see it, to believe it, um, you know, to essentially, get started, whether it's, uh, I just mentioned the gym, right? So mm -hmm. if, <laughs> yeah, that's why in advertising and, you know, marketing, they always show, you know, the, the, the cut guy, the big buff guy or the gal in the bathing suit say, I took this protein powder for six months and this is what I look like. Oh, well, maybe it looks like it works. So, um, essentially for lean, same thing. So we got to make as much as possible visual to everybody and make them understand and use real life examples. So that's something that I've essentially learned to do early on is, you know, basically bring it home to, you know, the, you know, home routines and, you know, uh, medical routines and, and essentially just help, you know, put it, post it like standard work when they say, well, you know, explain what standard work is. Um, I'll exactly talk about it. What is it you do when you, you know, when you wake up in the morning, what is it we do before you go to bed? Um, that's standard work, essentially, right? That's standard work. Um, you have goals. Okay, so how, how can I meet those goals? Okay, well, on the factory floor, you have what's called hour by hours. Okay, are those, so how do you get hour by hour? How do you hit a target? Well, okay, so you draw a baseline first, you determine what, what the, uh, you know, what kind of capacity you have, you look at your demand, that's, you know, that's what we consider uh, tech time in the lean world. Um, you know, for those of you who you know, want to remember that it's TD. I learned that from uh, one of my mentors and um, essentially it's uh, total time uh, divided by demand. So that's, that's the easiest way to remember it. And it's, it just make it, make it relatable to them, to the people, you know, to your audience and, and make it as visual as possible. You know, like I said, with TVs, with whiteboards, and once they start seeing the change, um, I have a quick story. You know, and also I, I might add some accountability too, right? So uh, so I have a quick story at a previous employer 
really good people been there. I think it was about four of us, uh, not five of us, me, that's including me. Uh, I was, I would consider there less than two years. The other guys, 15, 20 plus years. And they thought, okay, well, you know, hey, here comes this new guy, you know, gun ho, you know, you know, inspired, you know, walking at a fast pace. And, and they said, well, this is basically flavor of the month, you know, by the time, you know, within a couple of months, sustainability, you know, they've tried this before, you know, this is not going to work and they weren't believers. And so I challenged them. I challenged them. I said, well, okay. So they basically, yeah, the previous manager or the previous supervisor before you and then before him, it just, it just uh, never sustained. It doesn't work. I said, okay, well, let's talk about that. So how long have you been here? 15 years. How long have you been here? 20 years. How long have you been here? 28 years. I said, in reality, the reason why it hasn't sustained is because you guys, <laughs> you guys didn't, you guys didn't buy in. Mm -hmm. I go, you, you guys have been the common denominator. And, and if you really want it to work, you know, you guys will, you know, you, you have to believe and I, I can't force them to believe you just got, you have to figure out, okay. Um, you know, what, what they've never been involved with, um, is with, you know, metrics. Once we started looking at metrics and they start feeling good about performing and improving, they bought in. The, they, they, they bought in. They realized like, wow, well, what we do impacts, you know, upstream. And if we fail, the entire facility fails. And once, you know, not, you know, most people don't want that pressure, but they, you know, they accepted it and they saw it a different way. And they realized, wow, we're actually more important than what we thought. And, and so... And, and in this scenario, we, you know, we were essentially the first process of, you know, of a, you know, probably 20 step process. And once they understood the impact, they were, they were all in. That's a beautiful thing. And I've, I've seen that consistently, um, you know, through, through my time with, uh, with Kishan and especially in the, the continuous improvement world. Um, and, you know, I've noticed a lot too, you know, that, that buy-in really comes when you know you lean hard on on their perspective like we're, we're doing a yellow belt course right now um and you, you know there's a there's a lot of folks in the class and you can you can tell that within like the first hour of the class they're already starting to kind of think about life differently and then similarly too, one of the things that um i think is is important for that buy-in is is creating a like a safe space for people to sure you know um really kind of express the things that they see on a daily basis. Cause in that sure. yellow belt course, you know, we're sitting in there and these are all things that just happen on a daily basis. Right. Or as, as we say, you know, the things that are actually happening. Right. And, you know, we were about an hour into the class and you can just tell that they're starting to see where they are a part of the, the chain and that their, that their role is very important. And they just automatically, I mean, even with the general manager in the room, they just automatically, you know, we always do that. You have a thousand dollars to fix a problem in a week. You know, what do you do? Right. So as they're all coming up and presenting, you know, the general manager standing in the back there. He's like, yeah, we should do that right now. You know, and it's just like <laughs> little things that really add up. Right. But, you know, that reinforcement just in that one first hour there, you know, no matter what happens for the rest of the class, you know, everybody in that class feels validated and their engagement is is so sure. much more 
fruitful than, you know, if they were just being kind of droned at uh, for, you know, a couple of hours there. So which I'd, I've seen happens quite a bit in the especially the training world. But as we sure, know, sure, is a, is a character. So. <laughs> oh, certainly. Of course, of course. And, and I'll, I'll share another uh, quick example that actually that that uh, that happened to me that actually uh, got me to buy in because, again, um, initially at the beginning of the podcast i said it was about survival i was you know the, the company the organization was uh, you know undergoing a lean implementation and you know the workforce uh, was you know tenured workforce and for myself i was brand new i just landed to that what i would consider that battlefield so i had to essentially you know figure it out and and to me it was just okay i, I took a certification at this point, I really haven't bought in. I started reading the books, as I mentioned, listening to all the podcasts, you know, um, and coincidentally, I'm, in, I'm part of one now, but um, it was a story of a, of a, we'll just call him Bill, and that's his real name. So if you're out there, hello. Um, <laughs> but he, he was part of the organization for about 30 years. And so for my, you know, for, I would say the first couple of years when you're learning, you know, about, you know, you know, the lean system, the lean program, the lean culture you're you're piloting a bunch of stuff that you learn right and, and the courses and the curriculum that you guys are of course teaching today um but we were essentially just doing a pilot program on his workstation success but also um you know trying to you know get some efficiencies we did a you know valley stream map esm for those uh those who understand that uh, uh acronym but you know he kind of stopped and and basically went over to my work to um my uh, workstation he said hey javier i've been here for 30 plus years he's like i gotta tell you he's like i don't think anybody's ever listened to any of my ideas before and i, and I was taken aback because i was just learning how this to me it was like well maybe he doesn't know that i'm just i'm i'm testing this myself too so i don't know what i'm doing either <laughs> so, uh, uh, but it was it was inspiring it was inspiring and and encouraging to you know what i think uh, uh yeah i think this is something that 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 i'm going to be doing in the long run because um I, I think you know we'll talk about it towards the end of the podcast but you know a lot of you know a lot of veterans here you know and it's so you know a lot of you know it also trans transfers over to you know some law enforcement and and you know firefighters and even athletes so once you're done once you get retire it's hard to find another purpose right so we struggle with that because we're you know we're, we're with our teammates our soldiers our marines and we we've become accustomed to a challenging each other and just being in that environment and then once you retire you retire that's it you're so it's hard to find another purpose and then for me that was that moment i mean to essentially say hey i think i found something else that i can continue you know inspiring myself to do uh, for the future that's a beautiful thing and and i, I so agree with you because i mean it, you got to think about it. I mean, it, like even from an employee retention um, perspective, right? 30 years of going without having an idea, like you feel like you've had an idea heard, right? Like your contribution to the company being heard, right? That's a long time to go. And then, sure. you know, one day is that, you know, I feel like I'm finally being heard. And then to the Yellow Belt course, I mean, that's that's exactly what, what happened there is that, you know, a lot of times there's there's kind of this disconnect between leadership and the in the folks that happen on the floor and it's nobody's fault it just kind of happens organically because you know we we work in our different pathways right 
But for the folks on the floor, you know, uh, with especially in the manufacturing space, a lot of those things are, are kind of monotonous and they think sure. about these ideas and then they just kind of continuously compound and are just in there. So to be able to get that out in the world and be heard, that is a great way to really get that buy in. And then similarly, too, I mean, you've just really invested in, in an employee, too. I mean, sure. now they feel validated in you know, want to maybe they're as inspired as you are to to make something better, right? Because as much Certainly. as, um, you know, we see a lot of destruction in the world, I'd, I'd, I've seen people really find happiness in creation as well, right? In creating a better process and an easier place to work, a safer place to work is, is something to be proud of. So Certainly. Um, well said. I love that. Yeah, thank you. And I, I, I especially love, um, um, you know, your your relation to, you know, as you made the transition to and, and finding that purpose, because that's that's mm -hmm. really important. And, um, you know, I've seen I've done a lot of work with military folks through my years with the chamber. And that's always been, you know, one of my biggest um, one of my favorite things to see is that, you know, when folks really latch on, whether it be, you know, in in the workplace or even doing something in the community, too, is is kind of replacing that purpose. It's a beautiful thing. So. Um, on that note, we're going to kind of jump into the uh, the final question here. And I'm curious because uh, I've, I've really gleaned a couple of things from our, our talk today is, you know, number one, um, you know, continuous improvement lives in every aspect of your life, right? It's it's something that, that you live. It's not something that you do from eight to five, right? It does. Um, right. And it's uh, it's that culture that you live. Um, and then similarly, too, I mean, you're you're extremely creative and, um, you know, have this really great way of initiating buy-in. So the big question, you know, for the Kaizen way for this season is, you know, what's the most outrageous way or, or even more so the most unique way that you've implemented a continuous improvement initiative? So I got two examples. Uh, I would say outrageous, but uncomfortable for me to implement. And then um, and I'll, I'll go in afterwards with a would possibly be was outrageous because of how we um, how we implemented it. So uh, my first going back to my first role essentially was uh, the majority of the people, the workforce there were Spanish speaking people. So I, you know, I, I can't speak some Spanish. I'm not very good at it, uh, you know, compared to probably my, you know, you know, my, my other friends and family members. But I realized like if I wanted to really, you know, relate and and you know communicate this as best as I as I as I can to the to the workforce to the team to get it going um, I have to get creative so I did it in a Spanglish manner you know we talked about success and I did you know we talked about root cause analysis Ishikawa diagrams and you know <laughs> a pre-shift meetings standard work and I did it mainly in Spanish well I would consider that Spanglish but I was very uncomfortable doing it because other than, you know, speaking at home when I was, you know, an adolescent uh, with, with my parents, I really didn't really continue it. And so I got really good. Let's just say I mean, my first uh, my first job, because the majority of people, as I mentioned, were Spanish speaking. So I essentially did a uh, what you would consider nowadays a white belt class. Right. So I did white, you know, I essentially did uh, different sessions when I essentially uh, got certified for green belt. I started doing the training to the people on the floor, you know. Um, I wasn't able to give them certificates, but I was get, getting getting that knowledge from uh, from the Greenbelt course and taking it, you know, to back to you know to the manufacturing facility and trying to implement things and in, in Spanish. And I, I was just say I had to learn quick, and so that was pretty uncomfortable for me. But we we're able to get through it, and 
I had some good interpreters that that helped me get through it. Uh, but that was that was very that was uh that was different for me. And it's you know, and another one, it's uh at another with another group is we were talking about process mapping. So we talked about okay, how can I get them to understand like how we could do a process map here? So let me start with let's I had a few volunteers. Okay, let's start talking about process mapping of your AM routine. What do you do before you go to work? And um, you know, of course, the obvious ones were wake up, you know, shut the alarm off, brush my teeth, uh, you know, make coffee. But <laughs> some people started describing a little bit further, too much detail of how they got ready in the morning that involved clothing and <laughs> and uh, you know. Uh, you know, exposing probably a little bit too much. So that was, uh, that was pretty funny, but it made everybody, you know, obviously comfortable now. And so people like, okay, so I get it now. So we can use this. Okay. So how can I relate that to here? Once we had at least three or four examples of process mapping, they literally went up to the board and start, you know, do yellow sticky saying, okay, I do this, I do that, I do that. And, you know, I, it was funny because people, you know, basically say, oh, hey, you start talking about details of removing this piece of clothing and that piece of clothing. I said, oh, no, hold on. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Someone yeah. drop a beat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so, yeah so, so we don't need to know all that now. Uh, but like I said, it made them really comfortable after all, you know, everyone essentially started laughing and okay. But it helped under people understand and said, oh, okay, so this is what we need to do here. Oh, okay, so this is, all right. So now we can get to the process mapping of what we do here, you know, not, now that we understand. This is a beautiful thing. And I, I've, I've seen it time and time again. And I don't know if, you know, like a lot of folks have had like, like uh, they felt like it was a trick question at one point. Right. So it's like, you know, tell me the steps to, you know, whatever process it is. And then, you know, they go so into detail and I'm, I'm super guilty of this myself. I remember you know, the first time I was doing like some white bull stuff with, with Kishan, he was asking me, so I'm like, he was asking about how to, how would you make an espresso? Right. So I'm like, mm -hmm you know, as deep into the details and the, in the steps as possible. And he's like, no, 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 no. The, um, uh, what's it called? The, uh, um, the, the important few. Right. So um, right. Uh, now I know, understand, you know, how to, how to better map processes. Um, <laughs> but I mean, you know, when you first look at it, you know, and it, you really want to hunker down on those, those times, but ultimately when it comes to standardization of work, I mean, it's something that needs to be implemented. So it also needs to be understood easily. Right. So it, sure. it cracks me up. I've seen that time and time again, where people just like, I'm going to get way too far into the details, but <laughs> it accidentally acts as like an icebreaker sometimes too. In the right, sense right. That, you know, now everybody's laughing. It's like, whoa, TMI. You know, and the, the, right, right. the class has really changed from that like instructor to, you know, more of a family kind of working together to, to continuously improve. It's a beautiful thing. So, and that's essentially what it was. It became an icebreaker. And once, you know, like I said, uh, you know, everyone started laughing, they, they felt comfortable with, okay, next up, like uh, at first, whenever, yeah, it's, it's pretty regular you know you ask for volunteers maybe one or two hands once we got over the icebreaker then a bunch of hands say oh, i'll go next i'll go next and it, it, that's essentially and it worked it worked it does it i've seen it time and time again and um just that that engagement you know from those those little things that we do in the very beginning to to you know kind of taking the steps into the really hard processes and you know really starting to break down statistical data and looking at cycle times and things of that nature when we draw sure. the parallels there to the way that, you know, when we drop the parallels to our daily routines, you know, it's a lot easier to, to digest and ultimately, you know, kind of wrap your mind around it. 
Uh, sure. That's that's what it is. I mean, when you when whether it's at work or at home, you know, the the true buy-in happens when you you really start to to build the bridges between, um, you know, those the that methodology, right? And I I always at least something that that I take that really kind of gives me confidence in this is that you know we only get so much life, right? So when sure. you're standardizing or when you're standardizing work at home or when you're you know implementing routines. You're, you're blocking things out, which means that you can quantify and specifically, you know, have the time that you want to do the things that you want. Right. So you can really maximize life if you if you map it out the right way. Right. You sure you don't waste any second because, I mean, every second's a gift. So, I mean, why waste it? Right. Let's let's you know, really make it fluent and or uh, fluid and uh, efficient. So uh, that's that's always been kind of like, you know, when Kishan and I were first talking about doing this show. That was the big thing for me. I was like, let's really kind of talk about how we can, you know, spread this into our our, our lifestyles because it's it's something that's that you have to live. You, you definitely do, and you know, every day we and you guys are improve. yeah. Let me just say, you guys are you guys are on the right path. So it's uh, it, again, it's a it's an honor to be here, of course. And I and hey, continue continue the grind because uh, you guys are definitely you know doing the right thing, and I appreciate everything you guys are doing. Hey, right back at you. I mean, I know um, you guys have been big supporters of Modern Kaizen for a long time, and we're we're eternally grateful. So um, that is a, a perfect segue into the promo piece of the uh, of the show here. Uh, every show, I give our guests a chance to just kind of talk about something that's passionate uh, that they are passionate about, whether it's uh, you know like a webinar that they have coming up, or it's hiring veterans. Um, you know, there's a lot of great things to be passionate about, you know, outside of continuous improvement. So Javier, what, what, what would you like to promote today? Sure. So I have no self-promotion, but I will uh, promote the organization that I'm part of. As I mentioned, it's a small business, you know, veteran uh, owned service disabled organization in the aerospace industry. And speaking of veterans, we're very passionate. The owner himself is a, um, of course, a veteran himself. So we look for, you know, hiring veterans and in the San Diego area. We're in the composite industry, um, specifically, as I mentioned in the beginning of the show, precision honeycomb fabrication for aluminum, non-aluminum, and foam core processing. We have a great customer base, such as SpaceX, Northrop Grumman, Blue Origin, uh, Lockheed Martin, Sikorsky, you know, Bell Helicopters. So it's, it's a very, uh, it, it's a it's a easy industry and organization to work for because of what we do, who we serve. And, you know, the other piece of it is just, you know, trying to build a good, good foundation, strong family. Um, we're, I would say still in our lean and, you know, development here early on, a couple of years in, and it's, it's amazing to see here because uh, it's, it, you know, it's a smaller group. So as uh, you know, to use a metaphor, it's, it's a little easier and quicker to steer the, steer the ship um, with a smaller crew. And it's it's a beautiful thing. So that's pretty much it. So I appreciate again having me on, and look forward to you. You know, you're you're for the shows, and I'm, I'm sure I'll be talking to you guys soon and seeing you guys. Oh, definitely. In fact, you know, just to harmonize with the plug for Machine Tech, there. Um, you know, every time I walk in there, it is absolutely apparent that they have just a wonderful culture, um, and it just it feels like everyone is is very involved. So, uh, you know, kudos to uh, to the leadership team there and the culture that you guys have created, and uh, really, I mean, just everything about where you guys are. I mean, just that entire 
area with all the the cool little aerospace and the airport there, sure. and then, you know, right. see out to the ocean. I mean, you're just in a really cool spot. So I'd I'd, I'd imagine that both the uh, the culture that you've created as well as the environment that you've created it in, you know, all kind of add up to that that really cool place to work. So um, I, sure. I really appreciate that, and I've I've seen it uh, firsthand there. So. Um, on that, once again, Javier, I want to thank you so much for, for joining us on the show. Like I said, I've been really excited about having you on the show here, um, and you did not disappoint. So thank you, thank you, thank you. No, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> anytime, anytime. And, uh, you know, we'll have a second season um, uh, where we will be looking at, you know, some other uh, questions and stuff. And I, I just really appreciate your, your candor and your perspective. Uh, so expect to be back on the show sometime in the future there. So um, with that, thank you. Um, yeah, anytime, anytime. Um, Thank you for having me. And, and sorry, no, 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 I, you know, speaking of plugs, so you can follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, and other social media. I'm not too savvy on the on social media, but uh, all social media platforms out there, Machine Tech LLC. Beautiful. And that was actually my my next thing was uh, was you know how do we connect with you? What's the best way to connect with you? Is uh, um, is LinkedIn the best way? Because I'm pretty sure I've seen you pretty active on LinkedIn. Is that a good way to connect with you specifically? Certainly. So LinkedIn or www.machinetech.com. Beautiful. Love it. Love it. All right. So I want to thank everybody once again for listening to us today and joining us for the show. Once again, a huge thank you to Javier for joining us in Machine Tech for, for lending him to us for 30 minutes here. Uh, <laughs> I had a ton of fun. So I will see you all next week. Thank you for joining us. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye.